iTunes Music Store is the seventh largest music retailer in the U.S. A Dell product reviewed on our website? Macworld Expo policy update. All this and more on MyMac.com Podcast 54. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. from the MyMac.com studios. It's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. And for our American listeners, it's we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners who We've, are in the U.S. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I think for any country, there's always a time for reflection and thanks mm-hmm. for, you know, all the good in your life. So yeah. it's still an American holiday, um, and most places have, you know, are closed on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then the terror of consumerism—the the ugliest consumerism in the entire world—happens on one day, and it's called Black Friday. <laughs> and if you don't live in the United States, you simply have no concept of why a grown man of my caliber and my height and is is fearful for his life on Black Friday. And I would hazard to say I barely leave the house. Did you happen to listen to NPR today? No, I didn't. They talked about that plumbers also call this Black Friday because that's when they get the most service calls. Really? Yeah. I have. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> After eating th- big Thanksgiving dinners. Well, and then, then, of course, what do you do with the leftovers? Half the people shove them down their garbage disposal. Uh, I, don't yeah. have, I don't have a garbage disposal, but still. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's, plumbers it's, is Black it's a Friday, time so. for waste aplenty. And uh, outright greed in America this time of the year. You know, I and, love and the holidays. Don't I, get me and wrong. And the sad thing is, it ruins the holidays. It, it really does. does. And and when I say the holidays, I'm not talking about uh, a religious holiday or its religious significance for me. I just like the time of the year. I like that the weather's changing. Mm-hmm. There's all the lights, especially in our town. We have what's called the Festival of Lights, right? In which a lot of people have you know uh, Christmas decorations going on. And, and a lot of companies spend a lot of money to put up Christmas decorations and lights, so it's very in the downtown, downtown area, yeah. especially. Yeah, and uh, so I, I love this time of the year, you know. But man, the, the consumerism rears its ugly head on Black Friday, the day mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving, and and that only happens at the encouragement of businesses, you know, right? Well, the and, big box you know, resellers and. Sadly enough, thanks to Microsoft, it actually started a couple days earlier. Yeah, it started on Tuesday with the Xbox 360 release. Yep. And I actually got a couple emails from a few of our listeners. Hey, did you pick up an Xbox? Because everybody's heard me talk in the past that I am somewhat of a gamer. I'm not a hardcore gamer. I mean, I've got a PlayStation 2 and GameCube and Xbox. And all the old ones, I mean, you know. Yeah, but for you, it's more of a, it's almost like a collection sort of thing more than a... Yeah, and well, I like to play games sure. occasionally, but you know, when you have three kids, you don't always get to play games. Right. Although, and you and I were talking about this last week off the air, uh, we both play the the PSP, the PlayStation Portable, yeah. much more often than oh, more more often than I would ever play a console, or, be, or and especially my computer because well, it boots up faster. Yeah. You don't you're not you don't have to sit in one spot to do it, mm-hmm. and if you know you only have one TV in the house or your game console is hooked up to your main TV, which it is for most people, they want to sure. play games on the 
cool TV. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can watch TV while you play. And your wife doesn't want to sit there and watch you play Halo. I mean, you know, right. she just doesn't want to watch that. It's boring to her. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying all women, but for your wife and my your wife, wife, they're oh, like, yeah. ugh. Um, so, but just the portable and the the personality of the device, that it's yours. It, mm-hmm. it feels so good in your hands. It's so well made. Oh yeah, and so that and it's nice because she can watch her Martha Stewart or Cops or whatever she's going to watch. And you know, it's much more acceptable. Uh, and and I bet have you, you can noticed say this, that too. It's much more acceptable for you to play that. Yes. Than any other. I mean, are you upstairs playing the computer game again? Yeah, exactly. But if you just whip out the PSP, you can put headphones on it. So you don't have to hear mm-hmm. it. It's just it's an ambiguous thing that she does, they don't bother you. Well, I think she likes the fact that it actually will keep me awake when she's watching something I'm not <laughs> concerned with. So. You know, and, the, and the other aspect I was going to say, though, is it's acceptable for us to pull out our PlayStation Portable and play that. But if you're sitting there watching TV with her and you pull out your iPod mm-hmm. and you start listening to music while she's watching a TV program, I bet that wouldn't go over as, as readily as listening to or playing a PSP game. Yeah, and you know what? The funny thing is she will actually accept the PSP more readily than she will even the laptop. Now, if I'm downstairs working on the laptop, she's fine with that. But the minute I switch over to to play a little game just to break the monotony and get mm-hmm. my mind off it, sure. then she's, are you playing a game? <laughs> Why do women do that? I, I have no just idea. Just leave us alone. <laughs> women, and and we do have quite a few women listeners. It's it's yeah. the, the vast majority of our listeners, the demographics are male. Mm-hmm. But we do have female listeners. So if, if you are a female listener and... And you know if you fall into the category like that Chad and I are talking about, my wife's probably much more understanding than yours when it comes to that. Yeah. Could um, you send us an MP3 file explaining why? <laughs> I just want to know. Just leave your husband alone. Just li- <laughs> he he gets very few pleasures in this world, and and to be able to sit there and just play a game, he's not going to play it for five hours. He's just going to play it for 15, 20 minutes until he gets a part where he has to think about how to get past. Yeah. And he's going to turn it off for a while because he's like, oh, stupid game. Mm-hmm. He'll be thinking about it for another hour <laughs> before he plays it again. But yeah. just leave him alone. We, we're we simple creatures. We don't ask for much. <laughs> we just want our entertainment. And uh, we're already six and a half minutes into it, and we haven't even talked about Max much. No, I know. Oh, well. it's uh, It was funny because I was talking to Chad when I first got here, and I said... You know, there's days that I love doing the podcast, don't get me wrong, but there's days that it's just like, ugh, I just don't feel like doing it today uh, for one reason or another, and today was one of those days, although now that we're actually doing it, Mm -hmm. I'm into it. And that's why you have a podcast partner if you're going to do a podcast, because it's just like lifting weights or exercising or any sort of You've got to do it by yourself. That's right. you you got to have, but you know, I didn't feel like doing the podcast all day today. Even when I first walked in here, I was like, ugh, it's just... It's and I, I feel very lethargic and and the reason for that is we have had today our first significant snowfall here in mm-hmm. Michigan and uh, you know we, it's only a couple inches although tomorrow they say we can get up to a foot so yeah. um, maybe that'll slow down some of the consumer yeah right yeah. <laughs> right yeah right well anyways it kicks in your primordial hibernation instinct absolutely we didn't descend from monkeys we descended from bears <laughs> we just want to sleep at least men we just want to mm. sleep yeah um so i've been lethargic and everybody at my house has been sick this week mm-hmm. although you know i mentioned this to a few people um last week's podcast that we recorded podcast 53 i was actually very sick when we recorded that and mm-hmm. everybody i told that to 
uh, like Chris uh, Siebold, he, he was like, dude, you couldn't tell that you were sick. You didn't, you, you sounded fine. Mm-hmm. But you know as well as I do, I was sick. Yeah. And I was actually late coming over to do the podcast last week because I was indisposed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this week, everybody else in my house got sick except for me and the two-year-old. So. Yeah. It's just been one of those, blah, I don't feel like doing the podcast. But again, once I get here, boom, hey, let's mm-hmm. go. So I'm into it. Let's, let's and uh, if you like the sound of last week's podcast, which I was actually very happy with. I was too. Uh, we recorded that podcast on an MXL. Um, the, it's a new kit yep. that they're selling. It's called the Desktop Recording Kit DRK for Mac. Uh, you can find it at mxlmics.com. And uh, it's a really neat little, uh, well, I guess it's a kit, mm-hmm. if you will. The dog's going to bark now. Uh, it comes with, and we're using this right now, an XLR microphone. It's very nice looking, too. It's mm-hmm. it's white. It would match um, your iBook or your, well, you have an iBook, and it matches it real well. Yeah. doesn't really match the, uh, the G5. How, why is it, though, that most products that come out, they always make it in the iMac white, but you hardly ever see anything that goes with, the titanium power books or power max kind of strange yeah um anyways it is a condenser mic yep and it's also <laughs> got with it a uh, very nice carrying case tripod stand a little tripod stand, little tripod actually, stand. This, this whole thing is really set up for your desktop mm-hmm. um it's got a uh, all the cabling that you need yep a clip yep. it's got what's called an eye booster which is uh, for boosting sound from either the mic or even a guitar. If you had an electric guitar, you could use it to. And it also supplies. Tracks. It also supplies the phantom power. But yep. what's really neat, though, is this because this is all about portability because it does come with the case. The microphone actually disassembles, and you put a nine volt battery in there to supply the phantom power. Mm-hmm. So you can literally take this on the road. If a miracle happens, and within the next week or so, someone steps up and says, hey, we want to sponsor your podcast at Macworld, here's the money, and go have a ball. This is what we take. This is what we're going to take, yeah. because it's true portability. Um, although, you know, I'd really like to get some sort of... Uh, I, Sony has something out there now. It's it's for recording out in the field, and it looks mm-hmm. fantastic, but it's like, geez, 9000 bucks, And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, but anyways, let's get back to this. Um, this this little desktop recording kit is, is simply fantastic. I'm very very impressed. I'm looking for a price here. They uh, obviously they sent this to us mm-hmm. for product review, and that's what we're doing right now. Yep. Uh, you know, if I had any gripe at all, it's that I, I'm not sure. I'm opening the uh, the case here, and it's a hard plastic case, mm-hmm. and it has a little uh, plastic snap. Yep. Let me see if I can. There you go. Yeah, and it's got a little carrying case, and it's actually got a hole in the lid, so you can lock this if you had to. Although um, I don't know what the point would be, because if you're going to lock this, they could still take the whole case. Yeah. Um, the foam inserts. I, I I've looked at this, and it's like I can't get everything lined up in here the way it was when it was factory new. <laughs> mm. But that's nothing new. I never can. Yeah. Can you? I'm one of those guys that. Once he takes it out of the box, it's not going back in the box without the box bulging. It's well, just not at least happen. you got a little foam, so you've got some give. It's not like when you get styrofoam, you always have to crack it to get it all back in the box again. That's right. Um, it, this is a nice little recording kit. I, I think it's, it's... I'm very impressed with the sound quality, and obviously you're listening to our voice right now. It looks like uh, the internet went down, or are you not getting to the site? 
Oh, I typed in the wrong address. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find a uh, price for this thing. Do 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 do. Well, why don't you look at that while I talk about it a little bit more? Yep. Um, I'll see if I can get your price. Okay. Uh, again, this it comes with the uh, a little bitty tripod stand, but I found that the tripod stand's probably a little bit um, too small for this heavy microphone. And personally, uh, I, I probably won't use that tripod stand, but I can see why a lot of people would. Um, and it works fine. I just think it's a little bit on the small side for such a large microphone. It does come with the uh, microphone clip as well, uh, XLR microphone cable. And it also comes with an XLR female cable to mini jack plug, so you can plug it directly into your uh, audio import. On your Mac, are you not finding the price? I am not finding the price on mm -hmm. this one. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll go that and that. Who makes that again? That is MXL. MXL. Well, I'm just going to do a Google, and it'll pop right up on how much it costs. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the cheap way. Um, that's not the Mac version, but it is. No, that is. Some, well, no, I guess it's not the Mac version. It's the same uh, thing, though. Same thing, though. Yeah. Uh, desktop. Well, that's, I want to make sure that it is the correct one, so I'm going to put Mac into the... They actually do make a PC product of this as well. PodcastRigs.com mm -hmm. has a link to it. And... Oh, wow, 149 bucks. Yep. Uh, this is what uh, PodcastRigs.com, and that's actually where I found this at and contacted the company. I, I said, mm -hmm. uh, it you, looks like you've got a pretty cool product there we do a mac podcast you're targeting it this really towards mac users right we'd be interested in reviewing it if you want to send us one and uh, let us test it out and we used it last week's podcast and this week and they write can you read that uh mxl mics announces that its desktop recording kit drk a professional uh cardioid condenser microphone complete with a desktop microphone stand clip xlr cable xlr to mini plug adapter cable 3.5 millimeter mini plug to quarter inch adapter and a power source is now compatible with Macintosh personal computers. By adding MXL's new iBooster signal compatibility interface, which raises the low level output signals of cardioid condensered microphones to the line operating level of Macintosh computers, the desktop recording kit makes it easy to record vocal dialogue for presentation or for creating podcasts. Uh, manufacturer's uh, standard or suggested retail price $149 US. It's worth it. If, if you're recording yeah. a podcast and you're still relying on a USB microphone, headset microphone, that sort of thing, <clears throat> it may sound okay for you. But trust me, it doesn't sound as good as a uh, professional type of microphone. And and this is a great mic. I'm really impressed. You know, with I it. think what I like best about it is that so far it seems to be hitting right in the vocal range. And I think one of the problems with the other microphones we had, the uh, the M audios, which are fantastic mics, but the fact is they pick up everything. Everything, and this is, seems more key towards vocals. It doesn't seem to pick up as much of the background noise. Yeah, we really do need to get a screen to go over our mics so we, that sound yeah. is a little bit deadened. Uh, of course, we're not outside, though, so we don't really have to worry about it being a, a true windscreen. Um, this chair really needs to... Mm -hmm. It's way too squeaky. So, I, you know, I would give it a good solid 4 out of 5, or, or 4.5 out of 5. Almost a perfect... I just think the mic's a little bit large. Yeah. I would prefer that it be a little bit smaller, but 
it's heads and tails above any USB recording device. Right, and what I think I like about the whole setup is that they do give you the entire kit. They give it to you in a really nice case, so it's all portable. The the only thing that doesn't fit in the case, which I the, this eye booster, yeah, it, you can't fit that in the case that it comes with. Mm. So what are you supposed to do with this? Are you supposed to just carry the cardboard box around with you? So I would have <laughs> preferred that the case, because you know the the whole thing is its portability. Yeah, I would have preferred that. The case was big enough to put the eye booster in there as well, and it's not because it's got the big power mm-hmm. plug yeah. and the eye. The, the, the eye booster fits in the palm of my hand, but it is larger than an iPod. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it, it's almost a perfect product, but not quite. Yeah. Um, it it needs to be smaller. The case needs to be uh, larger to accommodate all of the accessories, not mm-hmm. just what comes with the microphone itself. Right. And uh, I think it would be a, a a great product for almost any single podcaster out there. If you are sitting in front of your computer recording your podcast on a headset, mm-hmm. trust me, this MXL microphone is going to sound much better than what you have right now. It's definitely worth 150 bucks if you want to do a full-time podcast. Or if you're playing instruments and you're recording via open mic, it's going to sound perfect that way too. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a microphone or a uh, instrument that we could play in the background, so you can hear what that sounds like. But mm. such is life. Yeah, I couldn't play an instrument even if we had one here, anyway. So, <laughs> um, and speaking of instruments, yes. How long did you have "I Love My Mac" in your head oh, after man. we played that last week? That real like that just echoed. I mean, it echoed in the back of my head. You know, we kind of ripped on it a little bit in in loving fun mm-hmm. because we both were impressed at. That someone made a song called "I Love My Mac," uh-huh. and well, and that they, you know, they used all the tools they did, and it's actually well composed. It's just, but you know what the true mark of a hit song is hmm. when it's not just recorded in English. Oh, so ch- th- this was sent to us by Guy. You're kidding me. No, it's German. <laughs> oh, Is it the same song? Yes. I don't know it's speak German, so. Well, I, I, it sounds like it. I'll have to wait for the chorus. It's. <laughs> Here it goes. I love my Mac. So sensible, so beautiful. It's the only one for me. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like it would be like some eighties, some eighties pop song or something? Yeah, it does. It does sound like an eighties pop it's, song. Like, I, uh, gosh, who am I looking for? A pop artist from the eighties. Uh, well, <laughs> not not the guy singing. No, is that a guy singing? I can't tell. I I think it's a guy. If he is, he's a falsetto. But <laughs> oh, Chad, I love you. <laughs> Are you sure it's not Guy Searle singing that? <laughs> well, he's the one who sent it to me. Mm. So now that you say that, I wonder, could this be Guy Searle? Of Dashboard Minute fame actually singing this song? In German. Hmm. Could be, I guess. <laughs> We're just messing with you, Guy. Uh, speaking of Guy, let's go ahead and listen to the Dashboard Minute. You're listening to the Dashboard Minute, exclusively on the MyMac.com podcast. Hit it, hit it, hit it. One, two, three, four. Hi, everyone. 
I'm Guy Searle, and welcome again to the Dashboard Minute. These days, the world seems to live and die by the flow of information. How fast you can get it and what to do with it once you have it sometimes seems more important than the news itself. For those people, I've found the perfect widget. It's called In the Know, and it's by the fine folks at adapttool.com. It basically searches for news via RSS feeds from multiple sources and displays the headlines for each one. The sources are broken down by site, and each headline can be expanded to look at the first few sentences. To see more, click on the Read More at the uh, bottom of each story to go to the site and article in question. That in itself is pretty handy, but if you want to, it will also read the headlines for each site to you. A paid version of the widget will actually go out, update itself, and then read off the new headlines when available whether you're in Dashboard or not. You can add your own RSS feeds by grabbing the URL in your browser and switching to Dashboard and then dropping it in. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of supposed to work that way. I tried several different feeds and got error messages in each one. Eh, maybe it's me. It does come with lots of great feeds to start with, though, including Apple, Mac OS X Hints, NPR, and many others. Find it at www.adapttool.com or at Apple's dashboard download site. Internet connectivity is required, of course. The second widget for review this week is kind of a counter to how cool widgets can be. Maybe you just hate the little buggers and just wish dashboard would go away, or you just need a little more performance that the always open dashboard is leeching. If you would like the madness to stop, download the latest widget from Tranquillus called Stop Dashboard Widget. No games, no rental car price updates, no instant weather channel tricks. It just stops Dashboard from working until you hit the default function key to get it going again. Of course, restarting your Mac will also get it working as well. This is one you won't find at Apple's site because, after all, in Apple's mind, Dashboard is just fine the way it is, and only trolls with larceny in their hearts and their pictures on post office walls would dare try to stop widgets from working. Yeah. Anyway, find it at www.natal.be. That's N-A-T-A-L dot B-E. That's all for this week. If you have any questions or comments about the Dashboard Minute, please send me email to dbminute at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll be listening next week right here on the Dashboard Minute on the MyMac.com podcast. Okay, software is installed. I backed up the data. I think I have these cables plugged in right, but it still won't work. If you spend more time managing your computer than you do running your business, maybe it's time to switch. Whether you're designing buildings or running a daycare, Apple Business Solutions from Small Dog Electronics can help you better manage, market, and mobilize your business. And they're more compatible than you might think. Check out the PowerBook Business to Go bundle for just $18.49, including wireless networking and MS Office. In Waitsfield and on the web at smalldog.com. Small Dog is small business. And once again, thank you very much to Small Dog Electronics for being, at the moment, our sole sponsor of the podcast. And thanks for guys to Guys Thrill for another great Dashboard Minute. Absolutely. If you guys are looking for some cool Mac deals and you don't want to try to get out there on Black Friday, uh, go check out uh, smalldog.com. Yep. They will. Uh, I know that their retail location is open on that day. Really? Yep. I actually talked to uh, Don, the mm-hmm. CEO of Small Dog. I instant messaged 
him on, uh, I think it was last night, actually. I saw him online. So I said, hey, Don, is Small Dog doing a big uh, after Thanksgiving Black Friday sale? And he said, no, not really. I mean, we're going to be open, but we're not. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that somebody's not doing a huge mega, you know, ugh. Yeah. Let's not get back into that again. A lot of stuff going on at MyMac.com, obviously. Um, and, and a little bit of news going on. iTunes Music Store is, excuse me, is the number seven retailer of music in the United States now. That's fan. That's just amazing. Yeah, it really is. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, obviously that... Uh, it, speaking of which, Roger Bourne had a real interesting blog up, and it's called No Media Drives on Intel Max, mm-hmm. with a question mark. And he's putting forth that since Apple was the first major, well, they were the first computer maker, period, to stop putting standard floppy drives on their machines, mm-hmm. that they should be the first ones, starting with the Intel Max, not to put in a CD or DVD drive on those machines. Right. Just... You know, if you're going to download, uh, or if you want to watch movies, download it from the internet. If you want to listen to music, download it from the internet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I disagree with that. Right. Uh, there's a really good uh, discussion, <laughs> article discussion, uh, underneath his uh, his article. So mm-hmm. I would suggest people go read it. I, I think it's a, I, I, I like reading when there's a lot of discussion. Yeah. And pretty much everybody is in, in uh, my corner <laughs> saying yeah. this is... A really bad idea. I mean, the, the biggest selling things out there right now is DVDs, bar mm-hmm. none. Nothing sells as well as DVDs that I know of. Right. That even, video games don't even come close to selling as many copies as, as DVDs do. No. And uh, for Apple to release a machine that is incapable of playing that without an add-on would just that would be suicide, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, I, I agree totally. I mean, I could see like maybe putting a slot loading instead of a tray loading DVD on it. Well, most of them come with the yeah. with the, the standard. The in fact, I can't do. think any of them that have. <clears throat> I'm sure there's still a lot of PCs that do, but almost all of them are slot loading now, mm-hmm. uh, which are nice. But by the same token, I don't like them because if your CD gets stuck in there, ugh, such a nightmare to get out. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, from Neil Monks. What? Yeah, it says, Apple, it's time to put the power book to bed. And his basic argument is um, all the mobile computing people need is really in the iBook, so why not turn the power book into something else, hmm. more of a niche product? Yeah, and I, I did I did scan through that, and he had some good ideas there. He did. I think even Roger touched on that a little bit in his discussion. Yep. Uh, there was an interesting blog posted by John Nemirovsky called Why Tim and Chad Are Wrong About the Apple Retail Stores. <laughs> and... And basically, he makes the argument that Apple's retail stores are great, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And that was never that was never the point of what we had talked about on this podcast in the past. It was that we were very underwhelmed by the Apple retail store experience that we had going to one Apple store. And, you know, I, in John's defense, I have been to the flagship store in the Magnificent Mile in Chicago, and I have been to the one over in Indianapolis, the Keystone Shopping Mall, and those are larger Apple stores. Uh, particularly the Chicago one is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And the uh, indie one is much bigger than the one that we went to in Grand Rapids. The Grand Rapids one is very small. It's a boutique. It is. Yeah. And, you know, right after we went to the Apple store, we stopped by CompUSA and their Apple store within a store. Mm-hmm. And I was, frankly, more impressed with a lot of the selection in there than I was at the Apple store. Yeah. That doesn't mean we were disparaging the Apple store. We just were underwhelmed. 
mm-hmm. then I, yeah, I might have had it built up in my head a little bit more, but it, it's you know it's an Apple store in our area, and I was dying to get there, and right. then I was like, oh, this is it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think I think maybe what you were looking for is really to some degree what I would be looking for is something that carries all the peripherals or, or a good a good variety of peripheral products, software, and hardware that you can get for an Apple. Right, and you just didn't see that in the boutique. Is no, there's way too much iPod stuff, and yeah. obviously that's their cash cow right now. That's that's the most popular, but that's not really what I went to the Apple store for. I went mm-hmm. to see Mac stuff, and it was well representative. Don't get me wrong, but. I wanted to see more Mac stuff. I want to see more Mac software. I want to see some Mac books that you could buy. Sure. Over and above what I saw there. Right. Uh, the last uh, blog posted at the you know at the time we're recording this because mm-hmm. obviously depending when people listen to us there might be new stuff up there. Um, uh, Bakari has a snap access to iPhoto, and it's a and a, di- a dynamic automator action for iPod users. You mm. basically can look through your entire photo collection without even launching iPhoto. You just use this little automator really? script. And yeah, it looks pretty cool. I, I mm. haven't tried it yet, but it looks cool to me, and I'm definitely going to check it out. Over on the feature side, yep. um, Neil Monks, the same one who was talking about time to put the power book to bed, it has a review of a very unique product. It's a handmade iPod cover from Bridget Davies. That looks interesting. Yeah. It's a little more feminine than my taste usually run. <laughs> right. But when you think about it, it's really, it's, I think, U.S. prices, it's right around $55. Yeah. She will handcraft your personalized iPod cover. And that's that's kind of neat. I, I like think that. that is cool because I, if you want to make a statement or you want to protect your iPod and you want to match what you have, I suppose, or match your bag or whatever, which obviously isn't something most guys worry about, but but regardless, to have your own handcrafted one, I think is kind of cool. It is, and uh, she's in uh, Bridget Davis. I'm assuming is mm-hmm. uh, Davies uh, yep. is British. Yep. Um, and so is Neil. So um, most of his article when he's talking about shipping and stuff is referring to the UK, but obviously uh, they will ship to the United States as well. But they will have to charge a little bit more. Yeah, and if you shipping. get on the website, uh, we do have the link to Bridget's website where yep. you can contact her. So. Uh, our other UK, our UK correspondent. No, how how do how did it go again? <laughs> our, our London bureau chief. That's right, our London bureau chief, <laughs> David Cohen, mm-hmm. whose brother I hear dropped his lawsuit against Apple. Really? Well, that's what you were telling me. Well, yeah, I, I noticed that uh, Bill Cohen had this. Had locked up the uh, iTunes.uk. Yeah, the URL address for iTunes. Yeah, and finally dropped it. So I wonder if I, I you know, I wonder if David Cohen. What was the other guy's name? Bill Cohen. Bill Cohen. David. Bill. Hmm. Bill's not short for David. No. Maybe David Cohen is David William Cohen. Ooh. Ooh. Conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Next week on the X Files. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, David Cohen has a review of a product that you don't usually see at, well, at least the manufacturer that you don't usually see at a Mac site. Yeah, this is a Dell Ultra Sharp 20.1 inch widescreen monitor, which he gave a five out of five. And a lot of people were like, "Wow, five out of five for a Dell product at Mac or MyMac.com." But you know what? It was an impressive review, and I thought what was impressive is, is all the plug the usb connections that were on the actual monitor yeah. itself so it could act like a hub um it, you know quite honestly i've got a 23 inch cinema display i'm not looking to 
update anytime soon. Right. I'm quite happy with it. However, you, on the other hand... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I would like to upgrade to a, a, a LCD monitor and... You know, his art, is, his article is, is convincing for me. This is you've got. We're, we're as I'm sitting here, we're using this 19 inch CRT, correct? Yeah, it's an NEC AccuSync 90. Yeah, and you know that's a really really popular monitor from a couple of years ago. Everybody had these mm-hmm. because they were cheap for a 19 inch monitor, and it's got a really good picture. And well, and I've had know, this ever since I had the G4, so that's five almost five, five years. Yeah, now, yeah, exactly. And it and it served you well, but you know, coming from someone that uses a flat panel all the time in a widescreen mm-hmm. format at that. Um, coming here and using this monitor, as this square CRT, mm-hmm. there's just no comparison. Yeah. And for the price point of this Dell, and, and David points to that, and is, you can get these things for under 500 bucks online. Yeah. Whew, that's just, that's a really, really good deal. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much, David, for, for a great review. Yeah. And uh, it looks like Dell's probably going to get another customer in Chad soon. <laughs> it could be. I, I I really did enjoy that review, and I, I, it was very convincing. Uh, the other thing uh, that's posted up there on the features side is something else Tim and I were wrong about, which we had basically stated that uh, we didn't think you could fit anything else. Yeah, what else are you going to do with an iPod? Yeah. I mean, they pretty much, t- it can't get any thinner. It can't get any smaller, although there was a great bit on Saturday Night Live. Really? Oh, it was just fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I doubt if I could find the link again, but it's basically Steve Jobs is there for, you know when they, they do the sit-down uh, weekend report thing? Tina yeah. Fey and somebody yeah, else. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon, yeah. Um, that's not Jimmy Fallon it's anymore. It's not anymore. No, but... it's, some, it's somebody <laughs> else. Um, Steve Jobs comes out, and this guy's got jeans on and a black mm-hmm. turtleneck. And he's talking about the new iPod, and he pulls it out. It's just super tiny, and it plays videos. And they're like, well, that's kind of small. I mean, it's like the size <laughs> of his thumb. And he go, they're like, well, I just bought an Anhol. I thought that was great, but now I, I, I want to buy that one. <laughs> and he's like, well, you can't. And he throws it, because it's been replaced. And he pulls out another one, and it's even smaller. <laughs> and the last one, I think, was called the iPod Invisa. You can't yeah. even, he's not, they're like, you're not holding anything there, Mr. Steve, Mr. Jobs. Yes, I am. And it plays videos. <laughs> I was, just, I was cracking up. Was, was, I didn't see it live. I found it online, and oh, I just man. died laughing. It was so funny. Um, but anyways, back to the feature side of MyMac.com. We were talking about, was it last podcast? Yeah. Like, what else could you do with the iPod? Well, well, Donnie Ankelo had some ideas, and he's even got them diagrammed out. Uh, <laughs> it, it, Donnie is a really good cartoonist, no question about it. And uh, I, I'm happy to say that it looks like Donnie's actually going to start doing more cartoons at MyMac.com. Mm. In fact, I know he is, and I know what the name of his cartoon's going to be. Cool. You know, like you have cartoons like Doonesbury or yeah. Garfield or whatever. Um, or going back in MyMac history, the Green Shirt Chronicles, which was Chris Siebold's cartoon. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, um, we don't actually have online at the moment, all his archived cartoons. Mm. But I do have in a PDF format. I'm going to post that online in time for christmas and it's all i think it's a 147 page pdf wow it's like almost seven megabytes Mm -hmm. but it's just hilarious i mean chris (laughs) had the best cartoon he really did it it, at the time i i thought it was much funnier than the pc weenies that were out there Mm -hmm. Uh, i thought it was better than the joy of tech that's out there that seems to get all the attention Mm -hmm. chris's was just brilliant and uh it, it featured so many different characters I love the ones with the turkeys where uh, they're talking about, 
Oh, anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to put that online for people to download. and mm. It'll be a free ebook with a, if you enjoy it, maybe you can make a $5 donation to Chris Siebold. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. But Donnie's new cartoon is The Future of the iPod Revealed. Hmm. And it's so funny. It's it's It cracked me up when I was reading it. Oh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great little diagram he had there, too. I like the toothpick dispenser. <laughs> Refillable pen. A speaker. A the pocket t- knife attachment. Yeah. yeah. The TV AM FM tuner plus FM transmitter. <laughs> Camera. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Also includes replaceable battery and swappable hard drives. <laughs> it's, what a great concept. Yeah. Um, uh, Guy Searle has a, uh, you know, he's got that iPod Nano. Mm-hmm. which I'm kind of jealous of because I kind of want one, but now I really want a video iPod. Yeah. I don't know why I want a video iPod. I've got a 40-gig click-wheel iPod, fourth generation. It works mm-hmm. great. But I still want that. I had that, that. You know, I had the itch, so too, because cool. I know this is going to sound. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, my wife watches Oprah's favorite things episode uh-huh. every year, where Oprah gives away all of her favorite things to yeah. a crowd of people who are deserving, and... So, of course, she made me sit down and watch it with her, and that was one of the things that she gave away was the video iPods. Yeah. And, and even then, I still got a little twinge in my gut thinking, oh, I kind of like one of those. <laughs> I want that. I want one. I'll be honest. It's, they're really cool. Yeah. Um, but iPod, the guy's got the uh, iPod Nano, so he reviewed the Tough Wrap 3-pack from Extreme Mac. Mm. And um, so if you're looking for a case for your iPod, check out his review. Uh, Donnie comes back again with a new Maxpiration, uh, yep. the Forgotten Switcher, a jump start for macOS X newbies. And really what this is about is if you're a Mac user and you've been using the classic macOS for a long time mm-hmm. and you switch over to um, macOS X, yep. it, that's not an easy jump to make because if, if you've been around for the ride since the very beginning like I have, mm-hmm. and you have pretty much... Yeah. Um, I think you started at 10.2, though, correct? No. I Actually, I was running off a of Classic when I first started. No, 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 no. I mean, when you made the switch to OS X. You've been running the Mac for years. but Yeah. You know wasn't what? Wasn't it 10.2 I, I, I when you jump finally... over. I, I think I... No, you know what? I think I was on one of the later iterations of 10.1. Because I remember when X first came out, you reviewed it. And you had it running on one of your well, I had the beta, systems. Yeah. yeah and, you had the, and you were just running it. And you said, ah, it's kind of buggy. Don't get it. And then... Yep. I think when it was like ten one two or ten one three, you said, "Okay, go get it." Go get so, it, yeah. Um, yeah, I think macOS really ten point two was really when people could use macOS X for everyday work. Yeah. Up until that point, it was just buggy and it was missing key features. Now, of course, it's you know, I, I can't tell you the last time I launched Classic. I mean, it's oh, I I, I just don't have a need for it. You no, know, and when my brother came over, I mean, he just switched over. Oh, probably about less than a year ago, and he looked at some of my old. I was surprised titles. you didn't call me when your brother was here because Bill Perry, the person who created our lo- mm-hmm. our, our mascot at the top of our page, um, had asked me to make a CD for him of all my uh, Mame games, the mm-hmm. emulation games, mm-hmm. the, and I yeah. had it was sitting. I was waiting for him to call me and let me know. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's still sitting there waiting for him. Oh, sheesh. Well, I 
I can get it from you. I'll see him tomorrow. So, um, anyways, uh, anyways, um, let's don't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but still, when when people and you said you had no real need to launch macOS nine, right? Well, there's a lot of people out there, more than you probably figure, that's still running macOS nine point two point two, or even eight point oh. I mean, there's still people that run that. Wow. And they're thinking, well, what do I need to switch to macOS X for? Well, eventually they're going to because once their machine goes or they want to upgrade the machine... That's what they're going to get. That's what yeah. they're going to get, exactly. And uh, there's a lot of difference between the classic Mac and Mac OS X, mm-hmm. especially at 10.4, Tiger. Boy, I tell you, one of the neatest features of Tiger, though, was when we fired it up, hooked up the old G4, and basically it just sucked everything out. Yeah, and, and, and loaded it. the migration assistant yep. just went to town, and yep. your old machine is now your new machine, and it ran beautifully. Yeah. So uh, that's a really cool uh, idea. I'm glad that, I, and it didn't even occur to me, it hasn't for a couple of years now, that there's still a lot of classic Mac users out yeah. there that are coming into the uh, the Mac OS X and they need a little help. It's great that Donnie wrote that article. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Shivari has out, or not Shivari, sorry, Bakari. Bakari has out. Shivari? <laughs> <laughs> I work for the Shivari, that's why. I oh, is there really? Yeah, I did. Where is he from? Oh, Shivari, she's from India. Is she? Yeah. How would I have a guest? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Anyways, better bookmarking in Safari. And um, basically, Bakari looks at a little application called Concierge. And this is not the... No, not the hotel guy. No, not the hotel guy and not the Apple service thing that they have. Yeah, when they come to your house and set up. I don't even think they have that anymore, yeah. do they? They used to. Yeah. But it's basically a little program that gives you the ability to put more bookmarks in Safari. Right. And... Uh, it, it, it's it's a neat looking little feature. I haven't tried it myself yet, but uh, after Bakari's review, I think I'm definitely going to go check it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. And let's talk about our feature. Last week I uh, started talking about a little bit and drew back on an article I wrote, an opinion piece called uh, "Macworld Expo Limiting the Press." Mm-hmm. And really, what it came down to was that. Uh, there was a new policy implemented by IDG, the company that actually runs the Macworld Expo, mm-hmm. um, that they would only allow one press pass per news organizations. Mm-hmm. And I had read this uh, about a week before when Roger Bourne forwarded me his reply after applying for a press pass. And uh, Roger's had press passes in the past at Macworld Expo, no problem, right. going all the way back uh, to Macworld 2000 mm-hmm. when I actually met Roger in person. We had... Almost a my Mac reunion, yeah. Uh, at at the Macworld Expo, and that that was, in my opinion, the best expo because number one, that's I sat right behind Steve Wozniak during the keynote, which, and I got my picture with him and shook his hand after yeah. the keynote was over, and so that was fantastic, and it was the first time you saw Mac OS X in action at all. Mm-hmm. So it, but it it really had a special meaning for that year. So when Roger forwarded me the email from IDG that said. We are limiting press passes due to high demand. We're limiting press passes to one per news organization. Mm-hmm. And Roger said, "What's this mean?" Well, I I wrote him back and I said, "We we shouldn't have a problem because obviously we've we've had press passes for multiple people for you know multiple years for yeah. for a long time." Yeah. So, but it it kind of concerned me. But I thought, you know, maybe that's just some kind of wording that they're putting in there now to. Mm-hmm dissuade some of the fanboy websites out there that's not a news organization 
they really don't deserve a press pass because that's not who they are. Right. They're just a fan site. There's, don't get me wrong, I'm not putting down fan sites. I love mm-hmm. fan sites. Not just Mac stuff, but of different right. interests that I hold. Um, but a fan site operator isn't press. Mm-hmm. Thus, they shouldn't have access to the press room and and all the benefits that that entails. Right. You know, to get a press pass takes a little work. Uh, you got to have the credentials. Obviously, I feel that MyMac.com has those credentials. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been publishing for over 10 years. Right. Um, in fact, next year will be, you know, 11 years that we're, we'll be uh, a publication, and that's mm-hmm. unheard of nowadays. Yeah. Especially online. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could find anything that started in 1995 as small as we did and is still going strong and bigger than ever. Very few. Uh, but it, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. So well, when we finished, more or less, we basically said that there was you, that you were in discussions with. Uh, well, I had written I written this article that um, I, I really s- disagreed with this policy, and yeah. I laid out all my reasons. Uh, the main reason, honestly, is not so much about the press themselves, us. Right. And our ability to cover and report on the event, because we're going to be able to do that anyways. Uh, And IDG was offering to give us some free passes, not press Mm -hmm. passes, but free passes to get the rest of our reporters in. Right. And so they could cover the event. Um, But my my contention was, okay, we can get the free press, press passes, but what about a news organization who applies and sees that one per news organization? And they don't send anybody else. They send one person. Well, how much can that one person really cover? Mm-hmm. Now, that's not going to hurt Apple, and it's not going to hurt IDG in the short term. But in the long term, it is. Mm-hmm. And how many of the, the the vendors that are actually setting up and displaying their wares on the showroom floor are going to be hurt by this? Now, uh, E3, the Electronic Expo, yeah. is press pass or is press only. The only people that go to E3 is are press people. Right. And everything is catered around the press because mm-hmm. that's when the gaming industry can get together with the press and they show off their latest. Mm-hmm. And they do that so the writers from those news organizations will report it in the magazines, on the website, in the newspaper. And that's really free publicity for that company. Well, it's right. not free because it costs a lot of money to set up these expos. But it generates hype for the products they're producing. Right. That's exactly the same reason they have a Macworld Expo. And that's the same reason that vendors show up at the Macworld Expo. I'm sure that every vendor loves to have members of the public just, you know, coming through the door, paying however much it is to get into Macworld Expo, getting some hands-on time with the new products, Mm -hmm. talking with the people who actually make the products. But really, those vendors are there to meet and greet with the press because that's where they're going to get the highest return on investment. Right. They They spend five minutes with a, you know, average Mac user off the street. Maybe they'll get that one sale. Or maybe that one Mac user will tell a couple of his friends they'll get two or three mm-hmm. sales out of that. Spends the same ten minutes with a Mac press member, and that guy goes home and or goes to the press room and writes an article about this great new product, and a million people read that article, mm-hmm. and if even 10% of those people buy the product, that's a pretty good return on investment right there. Right. So when IDG says they're going to limit that, there's a huge problem. And I understand that you have a lot more press interest in it this year. A um, couple of reasons for that. Uh, CES trade show this has been moved up a week, so it's not the same week as Macworld. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that go into CES are also going to go to the Macworld Expo. 
before yeah. you had to pick one or the other. Do I want to go to Macworld or do I want to go to CES? Um, so that's one reason. There's more free reporters out there that can go to both. Right. Um, but the other... Uh, the, the, the iPod is just so popular. Mm-hmm. And it's drawing a lot of media attention. And this, it's, it is the Macworld, Mac, Macintosh Computers Expo. Right. But it's really the iPod Expo as well. It's one and the same now. And I think that the popularity of the iPod is really what's attracting a lot more media attention as well. So obviously I had a problem with this policy. And I wrote this article, but I wrote this article after I talked to IDG on the phone, their public mm-hmm. relations manager, without actually coming out and saying that he agrees with me. He basically reiterated what the policy is now mm-hmm. and that it is a rock-solid rule that they couldn't change. And I said, well, I disagree with that. I'm going to write this article. I think people need to hear about this and, and learn about it and uh, comment upon it. And uh, hopefully you guys will change your mind for next year and mm-hmm. you'll get rid of this. Well, uh, Sam, do you know who Sam Levin is? He's one of the contributors to Inside Mac Radio. Mm. Um and I chat with Sam Levin on the telephone and I chat um, yeah. quite often. Great guy. And uh, he read it. He read my article and he forwarded it on to a few people. And he actually knows uh, someone high up at IDG. Mm. And he forwarded the link to my article and uh, emailed him, this is something that you might want to look into. This is a bad policy that should be changed ASAP. My understanding is there was a big meeting at IDG. My article was... Uh, the main reason yeah. for that meet <laughs> that was the main reason for that meeting, and uh, when I came over here last week to do the podcast last Wednesday when we actually recorded it, I was waiting awaiting word that the policy had been reversed or modified or something, and I knew it was going to be, but I didn't have the official word, which is why I couldn't say anything last week. So, and it wasn't five minutes after I got home last week and started uh, uploading the podcast to the servers that I get the email message saying, this policy is reversed, here's why. And, yeah. and, and this is the new policy. Unlimited press passes for media. Mm-hmm. Much more stringent control on the definition of media. Right. So in other words, a, a blogger is not going to get a press pass. Mm-hmm. And I even said that in my article that half the problem that IDG is having at the Macworld Expo is they're just letting too many people have a press pass they yeah. shouldn't have a press pass. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't complain that you have too many requests when you let everybody and their brother say that they're press and you say, oh, okay, yeah. and you give them press passes. Well, that's that's a self-inflicted wound. Mm-hmm. And so why, as a press person, should I be punished for something that they helped create in the first place? Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're going to be a little bit more stringent on who is going to get a press pass. But, and I and I... I'm happy about that because right. I don't want a 13-year-old uh, hobbyist website owner taking up space in the press room, mm-hmm. blogging this, that, or the other, when I need to write an article and I need to upload my files and he's taking up space that right. really isn't benefiting anybody. He gets mm-hmm. 100, 100 viewers a day, you know, as opposed to us during Macworld, we get a lot of viewers during that week right. at MyMac.com. In fact, by far, it's it's our busiest time of the year. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, that's a little selfish on my part. And again, I'm not putting down the, the homebrew Mac websites out mm-hmm. there, the hobbyists. Right. I, I love them. I go to them all the time. Mm-hmm. They're just not press. Right. Just because you can make a website 
doesn't make you a press member. Mm-hmm. So I'm really pleased that IDG changed their mind. Um, obviously, I'm not taking all the credit for this policy change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, Sam Levin had a lot to do with it as well. Right. But uh, it's because, though, I, I wrote that article and I made it public. I think that that's probably one of the main reasons they... they Dennis Sellers also wrote an article Thursday, mm-hmm. the day that we released the podcast, uh, a day after the policy change. Mm-hmm. I actually went back and updated our my article um, about it, saying that the policy has been reversed and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was that I, how happy I was. Dennis Sellers wrote an article that quoted my article quite extensively, and mm-hmm. he basically agreed with me that this is this is a bad policy, and yeah. here's why. And uh, of course, I emailed him like five minutes later and said, "By the way, um, it's been reversed now." Yeah, he was like, "No," <laughs> <laughs> but you know, here's what bothers me: uh, other than uh, one or two smaller websites, none of the big Mac websites even linked to my article Mm. and you would think that as a mac web news sites as a whole would definitely not be in favor of that policy right and i know for a fact i've i got emails from oh i don't want to say who but quite a few mac website owners quite a few of which are definitely press Mm -hmm. that get more hits than we do right and every one of them thanked me for the article said they completely agree with me that they were very opposed to this policy, but none of them linked to my article. Mm-hmm. None of them wanted to stick their neck out, you know, because they were scared that, well, I don't want my one press pass taken away from me. Right. I don't want to get IDG pissed off at me. And my article wasn't to make IDG mad. It wasn't to piss them off. And I think I was very fair in my article. Sure you were, but it was just to point out a, a policy that really had potential long-term negative consequences for IDG and for the Mac Expo itself. And the, and the vendors, the yeah. ones who make the Expo profitable for IDG. And uh, so, so I don't think what I wrote was uh, inflammatory. I don't think no. it was negative. No. Uh, I think I was very fair. In fact, I complimented IDG quite a few times in that article saying mm-hmm. that they do a fantastic job with these Expos. Yeah. And that I personally want to have to be in charge of oh, setting this I up. I mean, what a massive undertaking. Yep. Um, but we already lost one Macworld Expo. We only have one left. You know, mm-hmm. the one on the East Coast is gone. The Boston yeah. Show is no more. We only have the January Macworld Expo. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's smaller expos around the country and across the world, uh, like the one David Cohen just reported on, the Mac Expo in England. Um, you know, but if this affected so many other Mac News websites, why didn't they have the guts to say something? Mm. Why didn't they at least post a link? You know, the moral support was nice, but sometimes you have to rise up as a community and say, you know what, we don't agree with this, here's why, let's do something to change it. I was the only person that stuck his neck out here and took a chance and said, hey, this is not right, here's why, and nobody backed me up. Yeah, Dennis Sellers did, Mm -hmm. and uh, I appreciate that he did, but of course the policy was already changed there, so, uh, but he didn't know that though. No. So I, I, I give props to Dennis for sticking his neck out there, too. Um, but it, it, it is kind of discouraging for me to know that so many of the Mac web out there, news organizations, read my article, agreed with me enough to send me an email on it, but did nothing about it themselves. Mm. I, that's kind of, that makes me a little sad. Because if you remember when we first started talking about this subject, I mentioned the Mac World Expo 2000, mm-hmm. when I met a lot of people from 
the popular Mac websites back then, yeah, which aren't necessarily the same sites that are popular today, mm-hmm. and the people who were in charge back then, and a lot of the writers who were around back then, where writing for the Mac web was different than what it is today. Yeah, and uh, I, I just know that it had this occurred back then, that there would have been a lot more opinion articles written at the time mm-hmm. trying to get this policy reversed. And there would have been a lot more of a groundswell support from other Mac websites, not just for my article, but they would have wrote their own. Mm-hmm. And there would have been a massive outpouring of support. And none of that happened this year. It, and that it just kind of showed me that the Mac community of websites is not what it used to be. Mm. It's so much more commercialized now. Everybody seems to be, now I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of them seem to be so insular that they only look at their own little corner of the Mac web and they pretend nothing else exists. If they post a a link to another site, it's never to another Mac website. Mm -hmm. It's to some Forbes article or it's for, you know, something else. PC Magazine's John Dvork has a new article. Mm -hmm. Go read this. And Mm -hmm. I disagree with him. Um, But they never link to a Mac website. And I don't know why. And it's kind of discouraging to me. And, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that, well, let me put it this way. I think it's a distur- dis- a disservice to their readers. If you're a Mac news website and you don't link to anything on the Mac web, mm-hmm. you're not really servicing your readers. Because what does a Mac user need to know more? That um, company ABC just released their Easy Grip iPod cover. Which I'm sure is important to some people, right. but why would you you copy and paste that press release rather than write an article yourself or at least post a link to something that affects the entire Mac web? Mm-hmm. They just don't. Yeah, and and I don't know why we don't do that too much ourselves. But we're not a news site. Right, we're an original content site. We write reviews. Uh, we don't post too much uh, news to speak of. We have product reviews. We have mm-hmm. expert um, commentary. We have the blogs. Uh, we have how-to articles. And none of that really lends itself to, by the way, go check out this site. Although we do link to other Mac websites right. out there. Um, but, you know, it just it seems to me that the Mac web is just so inward-looking that they just pretend nothing else exists. They don't link to anybody. And then they wonder why uh, they go out of business. Hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of Mac websites are gone that used to be out there. That all they did was regurgitate press releases, and they're gone now. Well, why is that? Because you could get the same press release at almost every Mac news website. How about linking to other stuff? I think there needs to be a Mac website out there that combines what we're doing at mymac.com original content. But it also has the press release stuff on there. But it mm-hmm. also has a really good links to other Mac websites. Now, yeah. I'm not talking about a Mac web um, uh, Mac Surfer because I think they link to almost too much. Mm-hmm. You almost it stuff gets lost at Mac Surfer. Yeah. But a site that just really pays attention of what's going on in the Mac universe and links to the very most interesting and important news events of the day, mm-hmm. whether it be a review over here or an opinion column over there, or a how-to article that's more Mac users would really benefit. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe not linking or, or not, not posting the 
regurgitated press release for the 875th iPod cover case that came out that yeah. week. You know, so I, I, if I had the time and the resources, and resources being, i.e., money, mm-hmm. that's the kind of website that I would create. That it would be updated 20 times a day, but with relevant information that every Mac user would want to know and mm-hmm. want to read. I know I'm ranting a little bit here. Yeah. But it really ticked me off that I that I took the time to write this article for the benefit of not just MyMac.com, not just for the vendors who go to the Macworld Expo, and not for just IDG to change their policy, mm-hmm. but also for the other Mac News websites out there. Right. And and none of them followed my lead, with, with a few exceptions, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. None of them followed my lead. None of them said anything. None of them did anything. Just nothing. Yeah. Well, hey, good article, Tim. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. thanks, bud. <laughs> Maybe you'll post a link to it. No, no links, no mm. nothing. Just an email saying, hey, thanks. Thanks for sticking your neck out for us. Yeah. We're not going to appreciate it enough to post an actual link so our readers may go to your site. Oh, we might lose a reader mm. that's going to go to your site. Man, it just ticks me off, you know? And I think it's a justified. I, I, re- I think that I'm justified to be a little angry that I would write an article that has a direct bearing on their business mm. and they don't even return the compliment or the courtesy of posting a link to the article. Yeah. Or, at the very least, write their own article. Jump on the bandwagon. Let's get this, what I thought, a foolish policy reversed. Mm-hmm. Do something about it. No, they just all like, sat back and went, meh. Mm. Whatever. Woe was us. We don't want to lose the press pass that we already have. Yeah. That's our show this week. And uh, up and coming, we've got interviews with some of the MyMac staff. Yeah, not necessarily interviews, but at least we're going to bring some more of the MyMac.com writers and staff members aboard. Um, We're probably going to do Skype conversations with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to change up probably here in in the next couple weeks how we record our podcast. Right now we're recording GarageBand. Um, We're probably going to look at other ways of, uh, of recording them. One of the things that we're going to do is going to do a review of Megaseg. Mm-hmm. We have a copy of Megaseg. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a DJ software type of stuff. Yeah. But if we combine that with Audio Hijack Pro, we can really do some really neat stuff, and we can get maybe the sound quality of our interviews or our talks online with other MyMackers or other guests. Yeah. Um, much better quality. So, mm-hmm. and that and that was a big thing, like with the CEO of Small Dog Don Mayer. Yeah. The interview we did with him, his voice was just so far low because of our current setup that we couldn't really do anything to um, boost that up any so our listeners can hear it better than what they did. So our new setup, however we do it, <laughs> yeah, is going to have to take that. We're also going to be doing a couple video reviews coming up. I've got a mm. couple um, audio products that well, I think will lend itself better to a video review rather than a review here on the podcast. Hmm. And we'll get into those in the future. You got anything else before we're out of here? No, I think that's it. I think that's it, too. Thanks very much to Small Dog Electronics for sponsoring our podcast. Yep. And uh, it is an American holiday, Thanksgiving, but uh, for everybody out there that listens to this podcast, and uh, there's a lot of you, and I just want to give thanks to you guys for listening to us rant and rave. Yes, we are definitely thankful for your listenership (laughs) and we do welcome all feedback um send us you know if you think what i said was stupid or something chad said was stupid or you agree with us and send us some feedback we're uh we love feedback yep and And, that's mymacpodcast at gmail.com yep and that could be an audio file or just a regular email yep let us know what you think of the show 
Let us know what you think you would like to. If, hey, if you know there's a Mac person out there you think this person would be really great to have on their show, he'd be a great interview. Mm-hmm. Let us know who that person is. We'll see. Most people will consent to an interview. Yep. Everybody likes a little spotlight here and there. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean the spotlight and tiger. Right. <laughs> uh, hey, send us their name and uh, where we can find them, and we'd be happy to uh, have them on the show. Yep. More guests is the the future of my Mac podcast, I right? Think so. And hopefully more uh, podcasts from David Cohen. Yeah. The leg breakers are still out there. <laughs> Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs>